are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today is a very special guest here on the podcast. As uh, this game between Arkansas and Ole Miss coming up this Saturday, we got the guy who's going to be on the call, Rod Gilmore, who is a college football analyst on ESPN and is, again, going to be on the call for this Arkansas Ole Miss game. We're going to talk to him about this game as well as other things going on in the SEC. Rod, appreciate you joining us. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on. How you guys doing? We're doing well, and we've been having fun talking about football in general now that we are entering into the week four of SEC football. It should be a great one, but... Just in your opinion, because I like asking everybody that joins us here that covers college football, what have you made of the college football season thus far? How enjoyable has it been? What has stood out to you? What's kind of your takeaways from it all? <laughs> you know, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reason I say that is that, you know, I, I'm I'm a defensive back, uh, former DB by, by trade, and so watching the offenses go up and down the field and seeing horrible defensive play is just making me go, oh, God, what is going on now? So uh, I get it why, why it's enjoyable for fans with the high scoring and whatnot. But uh, I find myself trying to figure out why uh, defensive play has is, is all of a sudden gotten so poor, um, especially in the SEC, because you usually could count on great defensive play uh, week in, week out, game in, game out. That has not been the case this year. Uh, it looks a little bit more like the Big 12. So I, I'm adjusting and getting used to this high scoring every single game that I have. <laughs> well, and it's funny because you bring it up in this game that you're going to be calling tomorrow with Arkansas and Ole Miss. Arkansas may not be that offensive team, but Ole Miss pretty much sums up exactly what you've been talking about. So wh- what do you make of this matchup where you have Arkansas's defense that's played fairly well for the most part, but Ole Miss's offense that's high flying all over the field? What do you make of this matchup? Um, I think it's going to be exciting. I think there will be a fair amount of scoring. Let's, let's start with, you know, Arkansas offensively. I mean, you, you made the point that uh, the defense hasn't played uh, poorly. They've been pretty solid. The offense hasn't really jumped out incredibly. But I think you saw something last week with Felipe Franks getting really comfortable. And, you know, there's a good chance that Raheem Boyd comes back this week. There's a good chance Traylon Burke gets back this week. Uh, not to uh, diminish the, the play of Traylon Smith at all. He stepped in and running back and did a tremendous job. But I sort of feel like, you know, they're getting the pieces back. And look, you know, if you're looking for defense to have your offense get healthy against, no disrespect intended, the Ole Miss defense would be the one. It, it's considered, um, you know, uh, statistically the worst defense in college football. and last in scoring defense, last in rush defense, last in total defense. Um, you know, so I, I think that's something that you would think would benefit Arkansas's offense. Um, on the other side of it, you're facing an offense that just laid 45 up against Alabama. So that makes you think, you know, you're going to have your hands full. Um, and certainly Matt Corral, the quarterback, is playing quarterback as well as anyone in the country. He's number one um, in statistically QBR rating and everything. He just looks incredibly confident and athletic. Uh, they've got a lot of speed on offense. So I, I think it's going to be an exciting, um, high-scoring affair. And the team that's able to play uh, pretty decent defense is going to be the team that wins it. They'll get two or three key stops. So, Rod, as a defensive guy, 
and what you've seen from Arkansas's defense this year, what can they do to slow down Ole Miss? How do you uh, how do you go into a game plan knowing how explosive they explosive they are on offense, and as a defense, how do you attack that? Uh, you get lined up. <laughs> That's where it starts. They they go so fast. What what happens is, you know, um, on defense you're used to being able to identify uh, the offensive formation. You know, kind of recognize their tendencies from that, uh, understand your responsibilities, communicate with your teammates, whatever adjustments you need to make. All that goes out the window with, with, with uh, Mississippi. They go so fast. You, you have time to essentially get lined up. There's really not a chance to communicate with your teammates about adjustments and the like. So the more experienced your players are, the better off you are because you know intuitively uh, what you're seeing and what you need to do and adjust because you've had a lot of reps, you've seen a lot of things. The younger players that you have playing are the ones that tend to make mistakes because they need to be communicated with as to, hey, here's what happens or what you expect when you get this formation. Those, those things are a problem. So if you can get lined up because they go so fast, and, and, and I really mean that seriously. If you go back and you look at the Alabama tape from last week, there were – half a dozen or eight plays where the Alabama defense did not get set and Mississippi ran off big plays or big runs against them simply because they could not get lined up. So that, that's a real problem. So I think you wind up having to be more simple on defense. Uh, it essentially takes your defensive coordinator call sheet out of the mix because he doesn't have time to kind of look at it and figure out the best defense and then communicate that to the guys on the field. You just have to be a little bit more basic. And I think with this team, you have to understand that there's an awful lot of vertical routes, uh, which creates a lot of space underneath, and they usually have a receiver coming back into that vacated space. And you have to recognize that they love to play on the hash. When they're on the hash marks, uh, they have a wide field. So you can't defend the formation as much as you have to defend the field. Um, that's a long-winded answer is the things that you have to do, but you got to be simple and think basic and think where you are on the field uh, and where your gaps are likely to be because they go so fast. We'll continue our discussion with Rod Gilmore here in just a second, but, folks, you hit that wall, right? It's Friday. You're, you're getting to the point to where, you know what, you look back on your week and you're like, man, I had times where I just couldn't make it through the days, barely making it through the week. But luckily for you, there's a thing that is going to help you. It's called Built Go. And what it does is it helps you break through that mental or physical wall that we go through every single day, especially late in the week. And it's a very simple process. All it is is one and a half ounce packages that is full of energy gel with collagen protein that is healthy, but also gets you going in the right way. And it come in three different flavors of peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And I try it myself, folks, and it's what gets me through the week. And I especially able to do my shows later in the afternoon. And with this comes a great deal because you listen to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast if you visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. It's the best deal. Take advantage of it right now. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Again, go to BuiltGo.com, enter in promo code LOCKED for 20% off your next order. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. I know that everybody has been looking at college football and seeing the lack of defense, and they've been trying to figure out theories or, or explanations to why it's happened. 
But, you know, Rod, do you think that the, with COVID, which I know has impacted so many different teams and sports and leagues and all of that, but do you think of the schedule not having these non-conference games to play, not having a fall camp that these coaches and everybody's used to, do you think that that's the type of stuff that's maybe had an impact on why these defenses have been playing so poorly in college football? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, I, I think there are a number of factors. Um, I really believe that it takes more chemistry on defense than it does on offense. You, you really need to have 11 guys who understand the defense, understand their responsibilities, and can communicate with each other. When you don't have that, if you have one guy break down, two guys break down, it's six points. On the other hand, if that happens on offense, you know, then it's second down, you go back and win the next play. Uh, but that's the problem on defense. So I think when you don't have spring practice, uh, when you don't have your normal summer, uh, when you have guys out because of uh, a positive test or contact uh, uh, tracing, you don't have the number of reps and the time together and the chemistry and the way to communicate with each other to be able to play effective defense. And I think it hurts your tackling, too. I mean, when you have that kind of a situation, you try not to get players hurt in practice so you don't have as much live contact. So I think all those factors uh, end up giving you more problems on defense than you have on offense. And, Rod, you talked about um, defense being bad all over the country and surprisingly in the SEC. But when you look at a team like Ole Miss, what what is going on there with it makes them so bad because they're pretty much last in every category defensively? Yeah, Look, uh, DJ uh, Durkin is a good defensive coordinator. He, he's a he's a good coach. He knows what he's doing over there. Um, but you know, you've got a new staff. Uh, you're getting used to players, and you're you're dealing with you know this kind of a tough situation where you didn't get time with your guys, and you don't know your players. You're trying to figure out what they can do and the like. And not to mention, uh, that was a pretty tough schedule to start for Mississippi. You know, with Florida and Alabama and through your first three games, that, that's a tough way to go. So I think the challenge for them right now is to try to keep the confidence up for their defensive players. These guys are, you know, seeing things on social media and the newspapers and from family and friends about how awful they are and whatnot, and it's hard to keep your confidence up. So you have to correct the mistake and build up their confidence at the same time or else you know, you'll, you'll lose them for the entire season and you will have the worst defense in college football. So I, I think that's what Mississippi is probably doing with their players. They're trying to correct some things and show them that they can, you know, play uh, some solid defense and maybe they did it for two or three plays here and there and try to make that a more consistent thing. But I, I think you have to build their confidence or else you're, you're going to have problems. Now, Rod, Arkansas is much more improved just in three games. I know they're sitting at one and two, but we know how bad they were over the past few seasons. So I want to ask you about Sam Pittman and just the job he's done. How surprised are you and how this team has had such a major turnaround in competitiveness, and what do you think of the job he's done so far with Arkansas? Well, I, I'm surprised on a lot of fronts. I mean, I, I knew of Sam Pittman uh, over the years and what a, what a great offensive line coach he was. I was surprised that he got the Arkansas job because – you know, that's not typically the way that athletic directors look. They don't look for an offensive line coach. They usually are looking for a coordinator, an offensive coordinator, uh, or a former head coach. So it's refreshing that Arkansas took a different approach um, and found a guy who was well-respected. And it's clear he's taken the same players that Chad Morris had, and he's instilled some confidence, 
Uh, he's instilled the notion that he really, truly cares about them, and they're playing hard for it. You cannot put on the tape and not see that. Guys are running, flying around for the ball. Uh, guys are into it on the sideline. Um, so he's done a terrific job. Uh, it's the, the one thing that I question over three games for him, and I talked to him about it the other day, uh, was chasing points in that Auburn game early. Uh, I'm a firm believer that you don't chase points until the fourth quarter with a two-point conversion. And, you know, if you don't chase and you just kick your PATs, you give yourself a chance. And had they done that, they would have been up by three in that fourth quarter. But I understand his rationale for doing it. I, I just think that, as a rule, that's not a thing that you should you should do uh, because it, you don't know how the game's going to turn out. And when you start chasing, you miss you miss out on some points that could help you later. When you talked to Coach Pittman about that, what was his response as far as why he did it in that situation? Well, he said that, you know, the first one they felt like they had a, a really good play they were confident about, um, and then it, it didn't work. And then they were behind at that point, and then they felt they had to chase a little bit to get back into it. So I think the first one put them on that, that slippery slope uh, because they felt they had an opportunity after they missed the first PAT. Um, and they wanted to try and get right back in it. But, you know, um, look, he's, this is his first time as a, as a head coach, and these decisions come at you fast and in a hurry, and he's got a lot of people in his ear, you know, about timeouts, uh, about, you know, down and distance and uh, going for it, not going for it, and uh, this is all a new experience. So, um, you know, these things can happen, and he may do the same thing next time or he may be a little bit more um, cautious about it. You know, now that he said that experience, but you, you can't deny the job that he's done. And Arkansas uh, got robbed in that Auburn, Auburn game. They should be two and one. We'll continue our discussion here with Rod Gilmore of ESPN here in just a second. But first, this. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Rod, I know a lot of Razorback fans are agreeing with you on that one. It's amazing the difference two and one would make with one and two. But, you know, looking at the SEC in general, though, we're three games in and we've seen some some good games and we're kind of starting to figure out what some of these teams are looking like. But who would you say is the team that surprises you the most so far in the SEC, whether it's in a positive or in a negative way? Hmm. Well, LSU comes to mind. I, I had LSU in Missouri uh, last week. And um, I just didn't expect the fall to be as great as it has been. I'm aware that they lost 14 draft picks in their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, but that's still an immensely talented team. And for them to give up as many points as they did to Mississippi State and Missouri is, is shocking. They are, they are one and two. They don't play this week because that game got canceled. Um, but you just don't see defending champs. Uh, start this way and had that game not been canceled and if they were to lose to Florida and fall to one and three um, that would be unprecedented so uh, that's the thing that is probably most shocking and disappointing in terms of teams in the SEC Um, but then the other one is clearly it's Arkansas I don't think anybody believed that Arkansas could play this well this soon you could look at Mississippi and say wow they're, they're really doing it offensively but Arkansas is doing it pretty well on both sides of the ball right now. Uh, so those are the ones that I would say are you know, the two extremes, from the worst to the best in terms of surprises for this year. Who have you been impressed with so far outside of Bama and Georgia? 
Oh, in the in the, in the, in the SEC. SEC? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that's a good question. I think it's a little bit too soon to to really jump. I mean, you know, uh, Trask at Florida has really impressed me with the way that he's uh, improved, and Pittman, the the tight end who who's done a great job, the Kyle and Kyle connection. I did not expect them to be as good offensively um, as they are. I was surprised that they lost uh, last weekend, uh, quite honestly, to Texas A&M. Um, so I think you could put Texas A&M and Florida kind of in the same category, but I just did not see Florida being that good offensively. But Kyle Trask has been phenomenal, and if they play a little bit of defense, you know, they'd have a shot at Georgia in the East. And I think a lot of people were thinking in uh, preseason that Florida might might be able to give Georgia a run. Uh, and if they really kick it up a little bit on defense, they'd have a, they'd have a chance to do it. Now, Rod, I know that you're going to be doing the play, uh, commentary for the Arkansas Ole Miss game this weekend, but the other big news, of course, in the big game is Alabama and Georgia coming up this weekend. And Nick Saban this past week tested positive for COVID. And we don't know exactly what the situation is going to look like for him being at the game or on the sidelines or however. But just you're a player, you're a guy that knows the game of football. How much of an impact would that have for a team like Alabama not having their head coach Nick Saban on the sidelines against Georgia? What type of impact does that have? Before I answer that, tell me what was your initial reaction when you heard about Saban possibly not being available this week? I honestly thought that there's no way in God's green earth he's not going to be involved in that game somehow. But, yeah, <laughs> it, it, was, it was pretty shocking because I'm like, if Nick Saban got it, then, man, this, nobody's safe in college football. And for me, Rod, it, it didn't change how I felt about the game. If I like Bama going into the game, I still like Bama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you're both right. I mean, I think it's shocking to everyone uh, given how uh, meticulous Alabama has been about their protocol. Uh, but as Nick Saban said, look, you know, when you go on the road, you just don't know what's going to happen. And he suspects that's how he contracted it. Well, um, it is shocking. I-, I think it's a huge loss when you have Nick Saban out of the mix for Alabama. He's, he's a coach who is very hands-on. Defense is his baby. He's a former defensive back, a former defensive coordinator. And for him not to be able to be involved with every detail in each practice when their defense is coming off of a game where they gave up 45 points to Mississippi has got to be killing him. And I don't think that's great for the defense. I think they need him out there uh, every day for accountability for each player and also for confidence. And so I think that's an issue. And I like Alabama going into this game, not because of the defense, but because of their offense. I just think, their receivers are a problem. They've got three guys that, you know, present issues for you. Uh, Waddle and uh, Thomas being uh, two of the best in the country, particularly with yards after the catch. And as good as Georgia is defensively, nobody in the country has three corners, defensive backs, that can play man coverage all over the field. Nobody has that many. All right, Rod, we really appreciate you coming on, and we know that you've talked about it, but before we let you get out of here, uh, just give us an overall breakdown. What do you think happens between Arkansas and Ole Miss tomorrow? How does the game go? Just uh, give us your overall thoughts on that. Well, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. I think it will be high scoring. Uh, I don't pick games that I broadcast. I've had people tell me that makes me a rooter, so I never do it. Um, <laughs> but I, I think we're going to see two of the better quarterbacks, not just in the SEC, but in the country playing. And if 
if we get Burks back out there and Lakeem Boyd back out there, I think Arkansas will be at full full strength offensively, and we should we should see a lot of good stuff out of them. Um, I think that uh, Matt Corral is doing a great job at Mississippi, and it's going to be hard to slow him down. Uh, I, I think this is going to be 30-plus points uh, for each team, and it comes down to which defense can get a couple of key stops or uh, key turnovers to make the difference in the game. Well, Rod, we hope that it's a great game. Good luck on the call this weekend. Enjoy, Favor. We know that it's going to be uh, a wild matchup and a wild week in college football, but we appreciate you hopping on with us, and hope we're able to catch up with you later down the road. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel next Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.